welcome to Mental Illness Life. I am Brooke. And this one, I don't really have um, something scripted out for my little intro here um, because I just finished editing my therapy session from last week and, you know, taking out the little spaces of dead air for you and listening to it back twice now. It's it's one of those things you really never think you're going to experience. You're going to listen back to your therapy session. I mean, maybe people do record them and listen to them back. I don't know. But it's really interesting. Um, and what I want you to get out of this is that therapy doesn't have to be... I mean, I don't know what what construct you have in your mind about what therapy is or what counseling is. But for me... It's been different with each therapist, with each, um, you know, issue in my life. And, you know, when I was going through EMDR, that was very different because it was pretty intense. And, you know, you're going through something that is literally changing your brain. Whereas this type of therapy is is mostly to manage my anxiety and my, um, what I sometimes consider it to be a little bit of confusion because sometimes it's hard for me to differentiate between just being pissed off and having a manic episode or, um, you know, having too much caffeine and having a manic episode. It gets a little bit confusing, but because I'm so self-aware of what is happening in my mind and my body at all times, it's, I am like that because I go to therapy and I talk through it. There are definitely some very vulnerable points in this therapy session, and I decided to leave them in. So I hope that you'll walk in this journey with me with an open heart and an understanding mind. But without further ado, here is my therapy session with Annabelle. trying to figure things out she's ex-Jehovah's Witness and so I've had to really like learn about that and and it's different from what I went through like way different um it's a different type of religion yeah I've found lately because I have some other friends that are ex-Mormon they're the ones that had the party Saturday um they are the parents of Broden's like close friend and so we I've met them that way but they have this group of friends that met in this ex-Mormon support group. And I, I, it hit me that, like, part of the reason why I don't really understand that, I don't really fit that with ex-Mormons, ex-Jehovah's Witnesses, ex-Christians, or whatever, is that I never really succumbed to it with my mom. I, I never felt like, oh, I'm a born-again Christian. I never went along with it. Like, I said that in my last podcast that that was a big difference for me that's another reason why I did not feel connected to her because I I wasn't having it like I was such a scientist from the from the beginning spiritual scientist so for the last like four years I've had mental health people in the community um this girl Liza Long she she was on an HBO special did you ever see that HBO special um no it's about autistic boys um or I guess boys with 
I guess kids with with mental health. I'll mm-hmm. I'll think of the name. It, it's something like Boy Lost or something like that. And her and her son Eric. Um, Eric did a TEDx talk about living with bipolar. She remember the um, the Newtown shootings mm-hmm. years and years ago. Yeah. She wrote a blog post called "I Am Adam Lanza's Mother." Okay. Yeah. yeah. Her name's Liza, and so she's she's big with Nami, Nami, whatever. And she's like, you've got to tell the story about your experience with street drugs. Because, I know we've talked about it, like, I don't have regrets. I think that it wasn't necessarily, obviously it wasn't the right way. Self-medicating is not the right way to do things. But when I found raves and ecstasy and acid, because it did turn into more like hard stuff like coke and and all of that and that really ruined me uh physically but when I found like raves and and that kind of stuff like right after high school it was a couple years after they had divorced and I was like free of it all um it was very like eye-opening and there's a lot of studies that talk about like ayahuasca and and all of these things that that sort of crush your ego in order to then rise above and try to figure things out Not as, and and I look at it that way as opposed to we just partied and got fucked up which eventually did happen it turned into that and that's like for sure an issue and I had to say on the podcast like I am not advocating for you to go take a bunch of Ill- illegal drugs just telling my story so Liza I remember saying, we got to get you a TED Talk, or, we, you know, you've got to write a book. And I've always not done stuff because I'm, I keep saying, I'm such a bad writer. Oh, I'm such a bad writer. What the fuck does that even mean? Like, it, I realize, like, I'm, I'm not doing all this to be an author or to be some sort of, you know, speaker. I'm doing it to be a resource. And so it may not be well-written, I'm not going to, you know, win a Pulitzer, but it's going to be a resource. So, um, so I just transcribed the podcast and the audio from ours. Cause I did try to go in there and fix like how yours was quieter. Um, and I've had a lot of feedback, like a lot. I mean, in, let's see, it's, the podcast has been up for, since February 20th just over a month and there's been 500 downloads. Oh wow. Like I don't know if that's a lot or not but fucking sounds seems like, like it lot. sounds like a lot. Like I don't know, maybe like other podcasts and I think because it's such a niche like yeah. there's you know maybe people are listening just because it's I don't know, controversial, I don't know. So, I'm trying to like work on that and work on client stuff but like just what happens toilet wouldn't flush and it made me laugh because I'm like lately fucking nothing is working for me (laughs) nothing is working oh you hit a slump I mean it's a big slump I I just feel like the like the coping mechanisms that I feel like I I think that I know what they are I don't know just like aren't working my brain lately has been on, a, like, overdrive. So what do you think is supposed to go away? Are you coping? 
I feel like I deserve something good to happen. That's what I feel like right now. <laughs> oh. Where is the I should have probably things? brought you like an ice cream cone or something <laughs> this morning. She Where deserves... Like, I deserve something good to happen. Money, like... I feel fucking lonely in my own house. Like, I shouldn't have to feel like that. Because you work so hard, so it's time to get rewarded. That's right. Isn't it, though? I, I, is that unrealistic? And in all seriousness, sometimes I feel like I don't know how to do life because of the mental illness. But then I go, wait, is that an excuse? Like, it, it sometimes is hard for me to, like, wait, is this right? Like... Is this my brain? I think we all do things for some kind of incentive, you know? I mean, we're all motivated for every kind of behavior. I mean, why don't you walk into a wall? Why do we use the door? (laughs) It's going to fucking hurt, that's why. (laughs) You know, so the motivation to use the door to get to the side is... You know, you're going to waste the pain. I kind of, like, have to tell you that I love your analogies. If we could just make a, a list of the analogies. <laughs> I come up with some weird shit. Sometimes, I love it. So the like, clients are like, <laughs> what now? <laughs> I'm like, well, yeah, think about it. Like, Why don't we walk into a door? <laughs> like, why, don't, why are you walking into it? Like, your ass stops, opens the door, and then walks through. There are so many steps to that decision, yeah. you know. That's so true. <laughs> like, That's so true. So there's incentive to everything. It's really, you know, the, the, the idea, right? That's, yes. So if there's incentive, um, everything you've done right now has been with some kind of a purpose. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So when we get into the mode of being rewarded and being, you know, that we deserve this and we deserve that... I think there are times where it's where it's valid. Like mm-hmm. you, you should be rewarded when you've done whatever. You know? Yes. But maybe the, the idea is to set appropriate rewards for appropriate things. You know, if yep. you're just doing life, what would be your reward? Well, sometimes so that you don't get to these desperate times or these like woe is me yeah. times. Like it's. Probably a good thing to look at Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Ooh, what are those? Well, it's like, what are like your top priorities of, of needs in life? You okay. know? And so Maslow... I like think, food, like water, yes. like shelter. shelter. I think you have gone over this. Yeah. Yes. So when you do, when you reflect on that, and you see that the work that you've done allows for those needs to continue to be met, then your glass is half full. Yeah. You have enough. Yeah. You know, you go from your half empty analogy or half empty perspective yeah. of your glass to half full. It's still the same amount of damn water. Right. And people will right. argue and be like, well, the glass is always full. The rest of it is full of air. Okay. Okay. You know what I mean? But like, but don't tell enough. me you're a realist right. because that's, that's right. a bunch of bullshit. Exactly. You just figure out how to like get yourself out of like having to answer it. Right. You know, um, right. but the, the the reality is is that it's that switch, right. you know, and so then when you stick to your, your hierarchy of needs, then when you really get to the reward, it really becomes a reward. Right. And it's a, it's, it's, 
It's uh, uh, sprinkles to your Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> it's your frosty to your cake. <laughs> your she cake. Your she cake of carb night. Has to be a Costco she cake though. though. <laughs> all right. Like there's no <laughs> other. None of the other, no other options. That's part of the diet. Like you have to get that one from Costco. <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> sprinkles, and this is it, this is what when I, then when I get into this mode where I'm listening to you and I'm going and I'm thinking to myself. So Maureen, my professional mentor, um, she she's so great. Like she gave me a um, gratitude journal, and I've been like making myself do it. I'm not like I'm always on the computer and typing, so I've made myself really write because I know that that's physically you know good for you yeah so I've been doing and she she says like just thank you for this coffee this morning or you know just say thank you for this so I'm literally doing this every morning but yet then I start to spin back into this glass is half full and where's my reward and nothing's working and all of this stuff Mm -hmm. and it's fucking hard to like stop doing that right because you might be approaching your wife right now as in terms of you needed to fix it oh yeah for sure yeah and so like well what the hell are you fixing like what are you working towards right now you know i mean we have conversations where you're 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 to work on mindfulness and be a present yeah two weeks later i see you and it's like where's my reward yeah like, well, what happened to mindfulness? It, <laughs> I mean, did you it's go outside so- and see that your grass is turning green? <laughs> <laughs> did you take a walk today? I didn't open the door. I ran <laughs> into it. <laughs> no. All my freaking neighbors have already mowed their lawns once. Yeah. It's I haven't on. even picked up the dog shit yet. So, um, I have this, it's a gratitude book. Mm-hmm. Have I shown it to you before? Uh-uh. It's just empty. I mean, it's got little quotes on the, you know, on each page, and then you fill it in. Mm-hmm. But a while ago, and I don't do it every as often as I should, but sometimes like my clients say some like really like funny shit. Yeah. Or like stuff that's like profound. Yeah, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. And so I have to write it down because I'll forget it. So, um, one of the very first ones was, was, happiness is a challenge, but one worth taking on every day. It's so simple and perfect. So simple. Yep. It was like, it hit me with a ton of bricks. Yeah. I was like, yeah. Uh-huh. Because it's such a fleeting emotion, you know? Yeah. It's not, you, yep. people crave it and they want to be there all the time. I mean, it's got euphoria mm. to, it, to it, you know? Yeah. But it doesn't last long. Right. Because then you go check your mail and there's the bills for the right. month. You know what I mean? Right. Like, and so... Which is funny because, like, why... I I thought this yesterday looking at the gas bill and I'm like, why do we get upset about the bills when we just took a hot shower and we... What do we exactly. think? that Like, we don't have to pay for it? Right. That goes I'm not saying, like, oh, I was happy to get the bill, but, like, why? Right. why do we get upset every time? Like... I can understand if, like, something comes in the mail and you're like, shit, I wasn't expecting that. Some, somebody's suing you or so, something. But, like, the gas bill? 
I'm heating my house. I'm, you know, like everyone's comfortable. I'm taking hot showers. Right. Why are we getting upset that the bill is there? <laughs> and you circle back to the Maslow's hierarchy. Yes. Yeah. Well, I'll try to. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, inadvertently, like, that's part of life, you know. Right. And you can afford your gas bill. Right. And you can do that, right. you know. Um, and I'll tell you, and this is me trying to be vulnerable, I had to use, there, I, I had no idea this even existed until like three months ago, that there's like a service in town that will, every 12 months, if you need help with your heating between mm-hmm. the those winter months, yeah, yeah. they will pay your gas bill. Mm-hmm. And it's part of, like, it's sort of like Medicaid or whatever. Yeah. And that was such a lifesaver. And I'd yeah. never used it before. Um, anyway. Oh, yeah. I no, was like, it's... this is so helpful. And mm-hmm. it wasn't even like a question. You just call and they're like, they get a little bit of information and they're like, we'll take care of it. It was like... Right. What now? Yeah. Yeah. It's the best thing ever. Yep. So our clients, like, that's a lifeline. Yes. Every, every, you know, and then when you have long winters and it ends, like, in March, like, sometimes it's hard. Yeah, for sure. Another one was um, this guy, he's been working on things for quite some time. Yeah. And he's, like, you know, when I started, like, I was this little, little branch, this little baby tree amongst all this grass. Started therapy, you mean? Yeah. And he says, as the tree grows, the circumstances, the grass, mm-hmm. will get smaller from above. Holy shit, right? So I had draw, like, a little tree with the grass, you know, because, like... When the tree grows... As the tree grows, the circumstances, the grass... Yeah. ...will get smaller from above. Whoa. Whoa, right? Did he just... Did he it just, just came right? to him? Oh, dude... And these are individuals that you're just like, that people would prejudge. Yeah. That people will yeah. look at them and be like, yeah, they're not smart or they're not this or they're oh, not I that. Oh, I see them yeah. in the lobby every time mm-hmm. I'm here. I'm here a lot. And they're the ones yep. giving me these greatness. Yep. Keep thinking what you always thought and you'll keep getting what you always got. Damn. Right. What? <laughs> like another form of the definition of insanity. Yeah. Right? It's true. And then this little boy, on what he chants to make his nightmares go away. Throwing your dreams out the windows, the second story window. Oh my god. Right? It gives me chills. Every time I read that, I'm like, I get choked up. Because it's like, it's this tiny little boy. Like he says it before, he, or, oh, or if he wakes if up both. from a If he wakes up oh, from a nightmare, he's like, that's how he gets... You know what's wild about that? I was just about to talk to you about my dreams, and I've never really brought up that, because I have a recurring dream and have forever, and just the fact that you read that is like... Creepy? Creepy. Totally. I'm going to throw them out the window, the second Second story story window. window. And I'm on the... I only have a one-story house, so I'm going to think about my Mm -hmm. house as a kid when I... Like, yeah. I can see it vividly. Yeah. Why does he throw it out the second story window? Why does it have to be... So it would... It'll smash on the ground yeah. and, and obliterate. Isn't that oh amazing? Oh, my God. That's so good. Kids are so... And it helps him. Like, it helps him, like, really go back yes. to sleep. Oh, my yeah. God. It's so good. Yeah. That's so good. He's, like, five or six. No way. A little, little dude. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And then this one... This one cracks me up. Because this is a person that... Uh, that would to give you a little bit of definition, a little bit of context. Yeah. That has um, 
probably an autistic mind. Yeah. You know, very literal, very dry kind of sense of humor. Right. And was talking about, I think, kind of like going back to what you were talking about, you know, the your perspective on religion and like, you know, how right. your, your relationship was inhibited by yeah. your relationship with your mom. Yeah. Right. She's like, I'm sure the tortoise and the hare never really had a freaking race, but the bearable holds true. I'm like, okay, yeah. okay. She's like, I don't believe in the God everybody else believes in, because he's kind of mean. I don't know if the if, I don't know if God is male. He created the world, but that's kind of a female thing to do. <laughs> Create. I think God is both. I was like, the, it, okay, yeah, that, that makes sense. <laughs> right. Totally. Like, I, I hate that both. there's been, as the scientist, as the spiritual scientist, that over the years what I've learned in studying the Kabbalah is that why are we putting gender on it when it's this, like, being, it's this vapor of space that's, that's right. not a human form. Although the biblical people take that literally and say that he, quote-unquote, created us right. in his form. No, but the, meaning the spirit, the light, the right. vapor is all of us put together. We just have this flesh and bone to move about. Right. The Write that down. That's long. Vapor. Light. But I'm recording it. You have to bring it back. Oh, this one. Uh, I don't have any friends. Oh. It's kind of a very, it's a very tough thing to learn. Live life like it means something. Yeah. Right? And then somebody brought me a copy one day. Yeah. And they put a post-it note. and said, a little Mexican to start your day. <laughs> <laughs> Some Mexican mocha. <laughs> You're my little Mexican that starts your day. I your <laughs> oh. Yes. Um, yeah. um, think the action urge temptation through begin beginning to the end obtaining using consequences these are all words for like AA yeah you know. yeah I'm enjoying life too much to die right now oh whoa whoa, whoa. right I, that one I was like I don't even know what to say you know, like, I had no analogies, no Were metaphors, nothing. Were you expecting that particular person to, like, did you think that was suicidal speaking? This or? is one of my chronic ones oh, that right. are chronically suicidal. Whoa. Those are hard to juggle because it's not hospitalization all the time. Right. You know, like, this is right. a state of being. Oh, yeah. And, um, oh, yeah. and so then you, your assessment, your risk assessment has to be done a little bit differently. That's my question because I've talked about this. And I've talked about it with another girl who uh, kind of feels a certain way because she had cancer for 10 years and she actually was able to cure it. Um, talking about the ayahuasca in Peru, um, there are treatments. And of course, I'm not saying names and this could be a totally fictional story, um, but there are things in other countries that the American government are not telling us that literally cure cancer. And she doesn't know if maybe it was that plus the ayahuasca experience because you just, you purge so much. And I'm not, uh -huh. I'm not entirely sure. My point is she has made the point of like that so many of these people that she saw when she was doing like chemo and, and that kind of thing is that they just wanted to die. They just wanted to mm -hmm. make the decision to mm -hmm. die. And that 
why don't we let them? And right. I was talking about this um, HBO documentary. A long time ago, there was a um, triple homicide um, home invasion, and the and then he, and the the two set fire to the house. It was brutal, brutal. And the one guy was in jail, and he just wanted to die. They, but he was on trial for the death penalty. Okay. So they were. He was put in this this cell with the jumpsuit that you can't you know mm -hmm. rip apart to hang yourself he was not given any sharp objects but the fucked up thing and they were saying this is we are we're saying to him no you can't decide we want to kill you right like right what so when is it okay for someone to make that decision for themselves like they are in fucking pain and it's such a controversial subject especially to talk about with a therapist because you want that person to stay alive and and I'm definitely not yeah. asking for you to even go into it mm -hmm. I, I just well, I think that's why certain think states have you know assisted suicide is they a do thing. yeah I want to say oh gosh I might get this wrong it's either Oregon or Colorado but there are I mm -hmm. honestly didn't even know that yeah I don't think my friend or maybe she did say and I, I was just kind of like blown I, away Idaho's not one but no but yeah, you can. But you can go like to a service or whatever, and I don't because know she was talking about hospice, that like hospice is technically assisted suicide because they they have to make the decision. Okay, it's time for your morphine. Mm -hmm. Like it's it's time for us to make you comfortable, yeah. as comfortable as possible, and give you the morphine that's going to take you to the next yeah. level. So even in Idaho, even the hospice type of thing, that nurse and is making that decision, yeah. right? And I'm, I don't know which state it is, and I'm not entirely certain on what the context has to be. Right. Um, in order for a person to be given that choice. Or, right. You know, I don't, I'm not sure if, like, any person coming off the street says, you know, I want to die, help me. Right. You know what I mean? Right, like, right. I'm, I'm not sure if that's how it works or if you have to be in a hospice type of situation, you know. So, but, yeah, I mean, these are, like, Yeah, valid. like, do you have to have some sort of illness yeah mm -hmm. or yeah can you just walk in off the street and say i, I just right. need to go like yeah. and we were talking about that like why can't you i mean like my friend who did two years ago um i mean he took all the steps he took all the steps necessary he made sure he was in the car gives me chills because he called me two days before and made sure all the passwords are off his computers that i rebuilt for him because he was going to give them to the kids and I thought it was weird but I'm like well, whatever you know like you're going to give your computers to your kids like okay you're going to get new ones whatever and like two or three months before like he kind of like said t something to me but like I how am I supposed to know and what was what would I have done about it <laughs> yeah. no one knew nobody and then he wrote letters put them out on his desk he sent two months of rent to the landlord so that the landlord wouldn't have to worry about finding somebody for two months. I mean, step by step, he made sure that certain things financially were in place that like that his kids wouldn't get hit with debt. And then he went into his car so that nobody would find him in his house and made sure, I don't know how he made sure, but they were able to call the police as opposed to them finding him because he was gone. But there was no stopping him. Yeah. Even his own mother couldn't have stopped him. There's yeah. no way. It's really, really, really difficult to pick up. Mm -hmm. Sometimes and the I fact that your client is here. 
mm-hmm. talking about it every week is like it can feel like a lot for a person yeah you know um, obviously it helps right you know and then you get to know people to a certain right. degree that you mm-hmm. you find these like rhythms with them right you know and and even though that might be seen as a as a scary statement to make to me it's a protective factor yeah because that's my other question is how do you as a therapist as a human being as a friend as a wife as all as a mom like reconcile for yourself and again you like I don't know how you feel about saying that but you know I think to myself how how can I reconcile in my head just sitting with this person like knowing this is how they feel about themselves well I, I, I ask that right yeah do you want to kill yourself? Do you want to die? Really? Yeah. Immediately. Wow. Yeah. And then if if it's a no, I was like, well, what are you looking forward to? What are we What are we doing this weekend? What are we yeah. doing now? And so then I start looking for hopefulness. Wow. For forward thinking. Yeah. For planning. Somebody who tells me about how awesome the Pink concert's gonna be next month. Totally. Is not gonna die tonight. Fuck yeah. You see? Oh, uh, it I mean? just gave me chills. That's such a like lesson for everybody. Because I've made the statement um, the first time when I talked about suicide that I've never been suicidal. Mm-hmm. I have severe mental illness, whatever, severe for me, it seems, but never have I been suicidal. But mm-hmm. that in itself is like having something to look forward to is everything. Mm-hmm. The ambivalent person is the scary person. Write that shit down. I, know, I like right? that. The ambivalent person is the scary person. You could say that about criminals. You could say that about, like, Everything. yeah, ambivalent. In your Like, marriage. your relationship. Oh, man. It's for sure. How many sure. times have you been there? It was after that session that I was just like, I'm done. And I, it feels so lonely in my house. And I think I've had to, because there's times where, you know, obviously that attraction is there a, li- a little bit. It's not like the actual sex part of it. It's just the, like, attraction to each other. And I've had to, shit you not, make sure I have, like, sweatshirts on and, like, just covered up so that, you know, in my own house that he's not, like, making comments and kind of stirring up the pot, if that makes sense. Yeah. Not sure I want to record that, but... um, Why? I don't know. I, I, like, I don't know. Oh, you hit a Me Too movement there. Right? Like, I'm going to cry. Because the one time, it was like two days later, and and he made some comment, and I was, and it just made me so, I don't remember what it was. I'm not, like, not saying it. I, I He said something about, don't walk around like that, or something like that. And it just, or no, no, it was it was more like, you really turned me on. Or some, something that, like, was actually nice, you know, like a, a like a in a boyfriend girlfriend situation would be turning on, right? Like or whatever, and it just like struck me as, and I started cry- crying. Like that's all you see of me. You could have yeah, said like you look really pretty or yes, yes. That was it was inappropriate. It was like made me uncomfortable. Well, My safe places not feeling so safe. Yeah. And yeah. You're. Your I deserve or I need to be rewarded. It's all being linked to that, you know. Because Definitely, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, you good girl, really are. Because that dream um, okay. that's recurring. It, this was with my ex-husband. With forever is being cheated on, mm-hmm. and this is before 
the thing that he did way, way before for the last and I know it's abandonment and it's this and it's this but it feels horrible and I wake mm-hmm. up and I think it's happening like for like mm-hmm. half hour I am there that and it's not just oh I'm being cheated on it's that the girl is like there with the guy whoever the guy is with my ex-husband it was just this guy it really wasn't even him but it was the one I was with and mm-hmm. the girl is like there saying to me he's mine now mm-hmm. and they're like off together but but it's like we're all like together in some space that yeah. they're not like off over there and I am not an idiot I know it's like abandonment and all of that stuff but I just want to stop having a fucking dream I want to throw them out the second window Se- second story window throw I'm gonna try window. that the second story. And it ties back vivid. to your, you know, that belief of not being good enough. Yeah. 100%. The inferior, 100%. inferior complex. Like, that's how I feel with him, is that I'm not good enough for you to fight for, to, like, actually have this be a relationship. Do I want him to? I want him to want that. I just don't really want it. <laughs> <laughs> I want to be wanted, but... But I don't really want that to be the thing. I want to be wanted by somebody else. And now I can't do that because he fucking lives with me. Everyone's like, why can't you just go out and date? I'm like, because I don't want him doing it. So I'm not going to do it. Yeah. I'm just not. Like, and honestly, I wouldn't do that to another guy. Like, oh, I know you really like me, but by the way, I live with my ex-boyfriend. Like, that's not cool. Why can't I come to your house? Well, because my ex-boyfriend lives there. (laughs) On that note... (laughs) 